Welcome to the BGF Fight Gear Lockdown Talks. My name is Misha and today I'm talking to Harun Oskan, the founder, co-founder of Combat Brothers, a very successful gym in the Netherlands. Uh, we will be talking about how to build a successful jiu-jitsu and MMA gym and also how to combine having recreational uh, competitors as well as pro fighters in your academy. Harun, welcome and uh, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. How are things going over there? It's still pretty much lockdown, especially on the sports area of things. How are things for you right now? So for martial arts or any contact sport, it's uh, locked down until 1st of September. Um, but gym, some gyms can open on 1 July. But I think um, the rules are yet uh, to be uh, communicated by the government. But I think it will be the same like with distance, etc. But then inside the gym so what we're doing now outside right um, but for us it's still one september i hope um it will be earlier i i'm aiming for what uh, first of august but yeah yeah we'll have to see we are very limited in what we can do now um so yeah, yeah what are you doing hmm? what what are you doing at the moment just like solo drills outside or uh, cardio exercises yeah, we're now offering uh, some classes outside, like strength and conditioning classes. And we are trying to uh, incorporate some uh, martial arts elements or, for example, uh, rowing with the gi, uh, shadow boxing, simple stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, solo, that's for sure. So everybody works on their own. Just strength and conditioning. Right. That's, yeah. uh, and and how, do you, how is the response to that? Or do people... Like, do you see a, a lot smaller group coming to those classes than that they would do to the normal yeah, classes? Yeah, there, there's like a lot of difference in, because uh, some some guys or girls, some people from the gym, they just want to roll. They just want to do jiu-jitsu, you know. They, they're not waiting to swing a kettlebell or to do shadow boxing or whatever. And some guys are like, hey, that's cool. I can at least move. Uh, and they, they keep coming every week. So you have those two separate groups. Yeah, and then yeah, the the second group I can make them happy, the people that just want to move, but the first one they just want to roll, and yeah, we cannot do that. So yeah, they, they just have to wait, and we see them not coming, and that's fine, you know, it's up to them. Right. But at least we offer it. So yeah, and you guys have a multidisciplinary gym with BGJ and MMA, but also CrossFit and things like that. But uh, is it easier to still do something for the MMA group? Than for BJJ, in, uh, in terms of what exercises you can still do, shadow boxing you mentioned, and yeah, I think it's a, maybe it may be a bit more in terms of solo drills, but it's still not a lot. So you still because in martial arts we need we need another woman to 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 train to fight to roll yeah. whatever it is. So even the MMA guys, they are like very limited in what can they do. There's like minimal difference in what they do or the jiu-jitsu guys. Yeah, yeah. So maybe some back training when you guys move back inside. Sorry. Some back training when you guys move back inside of the gym. Yeah, yeah. We we have some plans. We we did some work on the background, and we have some plans when we open hosting like a, like a trainings week or opening day. And yeah. To get back to uh, where we started. Yeah. Excited yeah. to see what the condition is of uh, a lot of people from the from the gym. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what keeps you busy now? And it's obviously less, or I imagine there's less work to do for the academy, but maybe you, it's extra work. But what do you do these days? Well, uh, I'm training a lot 
as well myself and we're doing actually quite some stuff for the gym so for now the only difference is uh not teaching and yeah. i always say like teaching is like the most is the most fun thing to do and um it doesn't take the most energy maybe uh, i think a lot of stuff on the background what people don't see uh, like running the gym like management i think you with the web shop know some stuff some, some of that stuff as well and those things you don't see at the first sight but those things take time like just simple things like making thinking about clothing uh sending out an email well it's all very simple but it has to be done and sometimes it racks up and uh, what we did now for example in the gym is we tried to make it nicer um yeah. we we i a lot of people before corona said oh, it's a nice gym etc but for us it's always like it can be done better and so we've um uh, put up some medals some uh prizes some trophies uh we're gonna make a picture display we've nice. changed the uh, how do you call it the infrastructure of the gym as well just trying to uh, light some things up and so when people get back to the gym after corona they're like whoa those guys uh did something you know even though we don't teach classes yeah. so i'm keeping myself busy with that mainly and uh but it's pretty relaxed um besides that yeah 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 good um yeah i guess the things you described are also uh things that really help you to to become successful as an academy as a gym because i can imagine a lot of people starting out at their own academy their own gym they think it's just about teaching and they underestimate all the other things that need to happen because you guys started out in 2017 you together with uh rainier the ritter who's now yeah. super successful in one uh, fc yeah. um and you guys started pretty much from scratch and then you were able to grow to like i think a few hundred members now within like one or two years time how did yeah. that come about how did you do that uh, so successfully Oh, it's a long story, but uh, I'll try to grasp everything. So, yeah. uh, indeed, we started from scratch. So, uh, me and Rainier were training together for a long time. And we are good friends. Um, so, at one point, we uh, were left without a gym, and we decided to start our own. So, uh, a fun story at the beginning, our name was uh, The Ritter and Uscan. Our last names, it was just <laughs> temporary, and we had like a logo with a uh, Ritter and a kebab logo on the shield. <laughs> So we first of all we were thinking about names and I think that is this is also took like literally a couple of months to come to Combat Brothers because we were thinking everyone everybody is calling their name like something blah 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 academy or uh, with it's with all due respect of course but when you tell someone that doesn't do martial arts you the average gym if you tell them like Papa La Pop Academy they're like what is it you know. Yeah, and with Combat Brothers, I think we we nailed it with the name as well because Combat says like martial arts and Brothers gives the the community thing, like brotherhood and like the good yeah. good that we are together, and we were allowed to use it for Combat Sisters, Combat Kids, so it was all very, it was a nice follow up. Um, so with the name, I think that's the starting point was a very good one, and I have to say when we started out. We were, uh, so as you know, uh, mentioned the CrossFit part. We are working together uh, with a partner, Impact Sports Academy. Act actually, since day one, uh, since we started, we went with them. Uh, we did a trial. Uh, we did like a trial few months to see how it would work out. 
and we realized after a few months that we we were both on the same line in terms of uh, sending out good vibes quality training everything and we were like quite aligned with each other mm-hmm. so then we uh, decided to stay together and uh, over the well sometimes it was difficult had to grow up but after three years we really immersed with each other and if you uh, come now into the gym you know you see combat brothers impact sports academy you see still it's like two different gyms under one roof but like interconnected with each other so if you walk into the gym you see people throwing thousand kilos over the head and then in the back you see people doing osutogaris punching each other in the cage yeah and i think that's really cool when you uh the for except for newcomers but also for visitors and for me as well i could have a daily going there when I walk in on a normal day, you're like, oh, this is a place to train. You know, people train here and good vibes, everybody laughing, everybody working hard. And I think that's what make uh, what made us, what made Urgem a bit, uh, what that, that contributed to our success as well, to the partnership, uh, because a lot of people see what you do, because, you know, jiu-jitsu, for us, it's uh, an everyday thing, but for the average guy, they never heard of it. Uh, yeah so i think that helped and then so that's this this from the starting point the name the partnership was really really nice to have and i think that helped us a lot and then it comes to how we run the gym and i think that's what you exactly said like a lot of people just think it's teaching but it's not about teaching i think i well i don't think uh well i think everybody can teach you know and I, although I think uh, there may be better methods to teach or not, everybody has their own things. Well, that's up to the owner, coach, whatever. Right. But besides that, there are a lot of things that uh, that play a significant role in having success is, is what do you do outside? How you communicate with your members? What are you doing for them? How are you treating newcomers? And for us, we're, for example, we have Jiu-Jitsu and MMA, and those are two different... Uh, Two different groups, you know. Some a lot of people cross train, mm-hmm. but still some do some do just MMA, which are a bit of different people. Some do jiu-jitsu. How are you going to do rules? What kind of politics you have in your gym? Something I really hate, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Those play a significant role in what I think contributed to her success. Well, I don't. Well, I haven't visited every gym in the Netherlands, so I cannot speak and. Uh, I am not someone to judge other gyms on how they do this. I respect everyone's work. Um, but I think for us, we did some things different with uh, trying to put out the vibes. Uh, don't put too much like hierarchical rules or you have to do this, not too strict. Yeah. Have a good. That was really our emphasis since day one. And I think for me and Rainier, because we were the owners and the head coaches, we were always there. We had to... Um, give that vibe to our members so they can carry it and give it to others, you know, to visitors, to newcomers yeah. and to each other. And that worked out really well, I think. And what would be an example? You mentioned good communication with newcomers, but also with people already at the gym. What yeah. would be a, an example of how you guys did that? So I think um, first step is to realize when someone, for example, a newcomer, someone who never did martial arts, it's very hard for us, for you as well, because you train jiu-jitsu, you do martial arts, is to put your, uh, to go back in the time when you never did martial arts. The first step 
for that guy to step into your gym, it's already a huge milestone because for us, it's like, yeah, for us, it's a casual day. You know, we step into, we don't even think about it. It's, yeah. it's normal. But for them, it's like a huge barrier. They have to think, they think, they look on the internet, they watch videos. They're like, man, this is a tough sport. And then they come in, they, they see guys in, in geese, they throw each other, they see uh, some guys punching in the cage and they're like overwhelmed with information. They're like, whoa, how, this is scary, you know? And I yeah. believe really a lot of newcomers think like that. Uh, even though some may try to put up a poker face, it's still very exciting for them. So for you, for, for, if, for example, if I'm teaching the class or Rainier or any else of our trainers, the moment you approach that guy, it's very important that you make him comfortable. If you go like, hey man, here's your V, uh, go to the locker room, I'll see you in five minutes. That's yeah. like, the guy is like even more nervous now, you know? You just, yeah, hey yeah, man, yeah. thank Am you I for- I got beat up? Yeah, and then they get beat up and then they will never come back, you know? Yeah. And then they, you, you ruined their jiu-jitsu career or MMA career, <laughs> never. Right, but right. If you walk to them and approach them like, hey man, how have you been? Did you do any sports before? If m mostly that answer is no, or like any, in the case of martial arts, okay, don't worry, uh, I'm here to help you. Uh, just let everyone know you're a beginner. Uh, if you have any questions, ask your teammates, come to me, give them a, like a safe feeling because it is safe, you know? And then in the class, in, when the class starts, you know, uh, for example, Tony is the new guy. I say, hey, Tony, welcome. This is first class. Can you put up your hands? He puts up his hands. Everybody watches at him. I say, you take it easy today on him. It's his first day. Nice. And he's like, immediately feels like more and more, more unsafe. And he's like over the barrier to enter the gym. And now he's in your class and he's like, oh, you know, those guys are not going to kill me. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think that makes a huge impact. And then, of course, it's up to them, to the, to the, to the guy, to the new, who decides if they like the sport if they like the gym, yeah. if they like the people that train there. But I think those small things, that's just a, one of the examples uh, that's in, now in my mind. I think those make a huge difference. You know? Right. And is it also something you facilitate with the type of classes? Like do you have a specific beginner course or things like that? Or people just go into the, the main classes? Well, we have for all of our classes, so we offer jiu-jitsu, grappling, and MMA. We yeah. have uh, beginner's classes uh, set up. And those are actually really successful. And I think mostly because indeed the name beginners, if you talk about barriers, they're like, uh, right. when it says jujitsu for beginners, and if you're a newcomer, you're more, more likely tend to go to there than when it says jujitsu competition class, you know? Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. of course, that's very logical. So we started that, but it's not mandatory for newcomers to uh, go to the beginners class. They can. So we advise them, uh, if they want to try a class or if they want to start out, we advise them take the beginner classes. So maybe they just want to train all three. We say, okay, go to the beginner's classes for a month and slowly build up to the regular classes because the difference is, of course, uh, in terms of tempo in the class and a regular class, just like techniques get shown two, three times and you have to do it. You have to have a basic understanding. But even if you don't, you know, we, you're still welcome. If, as yeah. a newcomer into the regular classes, but you will have a harder time. So that's right. why we advise go to the beginners classes, but you are welcome to the regular classes as well. But no, no specific 
uh, rule for them as a newcomer, like you cannot roll or you have to just come to this class. We don't okay. do that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds very free and open. Yeah, yeah. And, that's right. Uh, is is it because um, from what I understood from you so far, it's it's very important the how you run the school and the quality of everything that you do to in order to grow. Is there also an emphasis on marketing or some kind of promotion to bring in new members, or is that purely based on word of mouth and just running a good gym and that will just attract more and more people? No, actually, we do a lot of marketing, and I think if you uh, watch your social media or website. Uh, we try to make everything uh, spick and span, as we say in Dutch. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, so indeed what you said, what you do inside the gym is really important. The face-to-face, uh, how you communicate, etc. But outside of that, the marketing, uh, that really makes you a brand. Uh, as For example, for us as Combat Brothers, um, when people go on the website, I want to I make them think, whoa, you know, this is, this is a nice website. Yeah. Because it makes that makes it more friendly for them uh, and through the website I communicate what my gym like stands for so if I just put a, a, a screaming gorillas on the video and well, people punching each other it will I'm like mm, no for example if I'm scrolling then I will have a different vibe if I just see normal people I see people laughing I see a normal video with a nice music on the background oh those guys are not killing each other it's not just uh, bald guys all on steroids on tattoos, you know. You yeah. still have those stereotypes, and you have to break that and with marketing. For example, with social media, we do a lot. Uh, for 2020, man, no one lives without. Almost no one lives without social media. Uh, we do some. So the content, uh, a lot of content we do. Uh, we make, uh, for example. You barely see a picture posted from us with a, that is taken with an iPhone or something. Mm-hmm. I just want professional pictures uh, with the videos as well. We try to make everything a bit more professional. Uh, it takes a bit more time, but I think it's really worth it. And so uh, also on the website, you see, for example, if you watch about us, you see a nice small video about one minute, 15 seconds. Yeah. You see the talking, uh, you see the guys in the gym about. And I think that's really important if you can communicate that already through your channels. Because for people that don't know your gym or they're orientating, it's really good if you can give them uh, well information in a nice way. Not just come train, take a class and see for yourself. Because right. that's not enough, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how did that go in the beginning? Because you, you guys, like you mentioned, you started just with the two of you. Uh, how, how were the first weeks or months to, to go from, I don't know, maybe you had a few people that you already trained with that started out with you, but it, it was probably a very small group that had to grow step by step. Yeah, so we started with uh, around 20 people. Um, I think, yeah, it was around 20, maybe yeah. a bit less, maybe a bit more. Yeah. And we started out slowly. For us, it was, uh, well, to be honest, I never expected to grow like grow this hard, you know. Well, at least I see now we put a lot of energy and effort. But in the beginning, it was like we opened it and we were like, just, just go with the flow, you know. So we started out 20 and then uh, I remember the first six months, uh, 
uh, some people came by, some new people, some people who are did jiu-jitsu from other gyms. And then in 2018, we started picking things up. So uh, like uh, with clothing as well, with, 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 this, with social media, with the website, uh, we started thinking about how we teach classes, uh, how to make, uh, make a, like a structural thing, what, what can be the best. And when we started doing that, uh, we saw each month we were like growing, 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 growing. And I think maybe the sport was also getting popular. Uh, well, we did, uh, we have a good competition team as well as you mentioned, the MMA pro guys, but also the jiu-jitsu and the grappling team, which were putting out names on the competition scene. And so we st- everything started like to fit together with the marketing, the team, winning prizes, good classes, good teachers, yeah. and then we just saw steady growth, like each month, boom, 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 boom. And then in 2019, it like went through the roof. We, we introduced some uh, extra classes. We are offering a lot of classes now uh, each week. And I think that's so from the beginning on how it rolled up until now. And then yeah, now we're here. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's doing all those different things, right? Everything yeah. comes together. Yeah. It's not just one thing. It's not just teaching classes, or it's not just making one nice video. You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you're gonna get far with that. But if you do everything correctly and know what you want, give the uh, um, the, the the which way do you want to be seen to the outer world? If you try to think about that and communicate that through every channel you have in inside your gym, outside your gym, yeah, I think then pieces will fit together and then you will probably grow. Hopefully, yeah. right now there's um, the city that you guys are based at. There were already some jujitsu schools there or, or grappling mm-hmm. academies, and um, I mean you're not in a village, obviously, but it's not the biggest city possible. Uh, so I guess people starting out that want that have the idea of starting their own academy, they might be put off a bit. I hear that sometimes, like I, uh, I would like to start it here, but there's already another school in the area or something like that. But that's not something that kept you guys back. W- what advice uh, would you give on that? Like, is there always enough opportunity, or w- what are your thoughts on that? For us, it was no way that we were hold back from that because we know we could do things different, and that's why we uh, actually went with this and that's how it now goes because yes there may be another gym in the in the neighborhood and maybe it may be successful maybe not but if you have like an idea of jiu-jitsu i'm gonna open a school and you think you have like a different mindset or you're like hey, i want to do this and this i think you should just go for it you know it's easier said than done but if you if you're gonna offer the same then i will say okay maybe think about that if you're just gonna put some mats and then, you know, I feel what we talked about, if you're just going to teach jiu-jitsu and that's it. Right. Well, maybe you can uh, get a few members, but it will be very limited. But I think if you come with something new, um, use your own network. And well, it takes some time. And maybe for us, we may, maybe we were lucky. I don't know. Maybe we were lucky with our partner. Maybe we were lucky because of the, the members we started out with. Well, I think it's still for everyone possible. If there's just one gym in your city and you want to start out, well, think about what you want to do and then go and then try to differentiate yourself from the 
from the from the other gyms and maybe it's it can be very hard i would i would assume so because why would i train with you for example i'm going to there and if you start questioning those uh questions towards yourself then you will come up with uh with some things which may which 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 may give you the reason to open up the gym yeah yeah what were the biggest challenges for you in the beginning well, we got the, the, there were actually not a lot of huge challenges, just um, because it was getting more and more busy. We had to uh, think about like operational stuff. Uh, for example, just to give you a small example, you know, you see we introduce an MMA class and a lot of people come. And for example, the MMA beginners class, we see, we, we want to, we, for us, it's very important, good vibes, good training, and safety. And then we see, like, guys coming in that watch the UFC. They're like, oh, I'm going to go at it. Boom. Blue. They have blood on their nose. And that, then you, you have, like, those small problems you have to address. Um, as well as in the gym. It's mostly actually in the gym, the, the challenges we have, then outside. Yeah. Um, for example, classes are getting huge. Um Problems within the class, problems maybe between members, people injuring each other. We had to, uh, because we were always very open, uh, we also wanted to very have an open vibe, open environment, like everything good, just we want to train hard, but not too much strict rules. But we realized sometimes we uh, let go of it too much, you know, we were too open. Right. So we had to scale that back and actually we did that a little bit. So it doesn't mean we were like forcing uh, 10,000 types of rules, but we were a bit more stricter as teachers as well. And then we yeah. try to overcome those challenges. And I think it's going well. Yeah. 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 People probably also need a bit of structure, right? Like they love yeah, freedom and openness. That, yeah. 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 I think because, uh, so for example, in our gym, you can wear any gi color you want, any brand. We don't care if you want to train in another gym, but there are rules just to structure the class, not rules to make you wear my gi or to uh, whatever it is. You have to wear a disky or you have to bow before you go on the mat. For us, it's not the case. There are just some rules to structure the class. So be on time. You know, we line up. We Everybody stays on the mat. Let the teacher know if you go. Uh, so simple things, we try to enforce them, but that's it. We are not uh, forcing people uh, to do stuff we don't want to do. So, nice. for example, I think one of uh, one more, a lot of talk issue is people training at other gyms. So, for example, my member training at in Rotterdam or Amsterdam, wherever it is, on another gym. Yeah. I from what I've heard and what I've seen is mostly it's not allowed. You know, it's like, and we are absolutely against those stuff. If people, if someone comes trains at my gym and he wants to train somewhere else, I'm happy for him that he wants to train, you know, that he wants to train more. He can pick up knowledge there for himself, maybe share it with us, maybe not. But who am I to not allow him to train there? Yeah. And it's hard to check on even, I imagine. And for me, it's so weird that still happens a lot because I would like, how can you, you know, 
you're offering, actually you're offering a service. You know, they pay, they come to train. Of course, it's a bit more than that. Uh, you know, it, when you're a team, you feel something. But I think if you are open, if you say, hey man, you can train wherever you want. We don't care. You want to represent the gym when you're in the competition, not urgent. We're still good friends. You can still train with us. We don't really care. And if you bring that vibe to them, I think that even makes them uh, like, whoa, like, whoa, they, they, those guys, they just, it doesn't matter. We had those reactions. I was like, are you surprised? Uh, and there and there, I can do this. I'm like, hey, man, for me, it's absolutely fine. It gives them a different uh, um, feeling of like, uh, for example, they are more satisfied for sure for themselves. But it does the gym good, you know, yeah, because they then tell others, hey, look, man, I can just train whatever I want with them. Yeah. How good, how cool is that, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, for me, it's the normal, for me, it's very normal, but how cool is that? And then you get feedback and they're like, oh, man, really, this is really nice. And the environment is nice, good vibes. And that's a huge compliment for me. Right. So everything, as long as it contributes to those three pillars, good vibes, good training and, and safety. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. don't so just don't not not making rules to make it more complicated, you know? Right. Don't force I don't like to force why would I force people? I want people to buy my stuff. I don't want to force them. I want yeah. to make such cool geese that they're like, I need to have the D. They don't have to buy it. It's their money. They can choose to wear a blank gee, a gee from another brand. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But we offer it and it shouldn't be forced, you know? And what what do you think the the added benefit is or the added value is of having team geese, regardless of whether you force them or or you make it uh, open? Uh, a lot. Um, so I would really advise this as well to other gyms. Just not team geese, but think about casual clothing, rash guards, but the geese as well. It makes if we go back to uh, it makes it very nice for the eye. As well, when you come into the gym, you see everyone wearing cool geese, Combat Brothers, Combat Brothers Rash Guard, and you have the Combat Brothers logo on the wall. Yeah. It gives a bit of unity in the team. Uh, and uh, it's nice in competition when they represent you. You know, people say, oh, that's the guy from Combat Brothers. Oh, that's a cool Rash Guard. You know, that yeah. stuff. Uh, but also on the back, on the other hand, if you go to marketing, if you watch our videos or our pictures, you always see combat bodies t-shirt combat bodies logo and i think that's well maybe people may say yeah what does it matter if you just have a black gi or a combat bodies gi black that makes i think makes a huge difference in terms of the content you have if you just see people rolling in combat bodies gi then you see another guy punching with mma gloves from combat bodies or whatever it is yeah. it makes the total package you know it's the finer things and then it adds up and then it's like wow I think so. In, in that term, I think it's uh, the geese as well as the normal clothing. It's really, yeah, it's important. It's not uh, the best way to make money, but uh, it's right. good for other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. And is it, because uh, I, I can definitely feel, and uh, of course I know you guys a bit more, uh, that you guys think of these things at a bit higher level rather than just, oh, I like, I like training, so I start a gym. You know, there's a lot behind everything behind the marketing behind running it as a business 
uh, what are your, what are your, what is your background, for example, and maybe Rainier's? Do you have, uh, did you do a certain study that is business related or uh, from what area do you guys come? Uh, so Rainier as a physiotherapist, so he is working a lot with the body. Um, and that's nice to have because when I have pain, I always uh, can go to him. Right. And he runs his own, uh, what do you call it in English? Physiopractic? Yeah, f- yeah. physiotherapist practice. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, he has that. Uh, he actually studied that as well before starting his business there. Uh, me, myself, I uh, actually recently graduated in January. Uh, for my second master, I did uh, my first master in supply chain management. Oh, cool. My uh, second master in information management. Um, and during that period, I was working also part-time for a big company. Uh, very flexible, which was perfect for me as a student and for me able to train. Yeah. And also before that time, I worked, uh, my family has some businesses in the uh, in the food hospitality just okay. some places where you can eat uh work there but you've seen well. entrepreneurship growing up you've seen those examples well, my, yeah my whole family is uh are all like own business owners and actually right. to be honest with you in the beginning i was like no i don't feel like doing this i uh i just want to study and see how it goes i was always like go with the flow and but never thought like i would be uh a business owner or well didn't block it out but it was not my ambition since uh, i was a kid or something you know it just came yeah. along the path just with sports it was different it was like yeah this is with sports i want to do something and so with the gym it was perfect right um, but yeah and the family grew up and then uh, i always studied so i'm now 25 and i recently graduated so now with corona and stuff um a bit relaxer, just the gym and uh, working on some things uh, besides that with uh, for my per- personal stuff. Yeah, but are you like are you living totally off the gym now, or do you still have a or until recently still had a job uh, on the side of that? No. Oh, so when week? I quit, when I stopped studying, I uh, quit my job at the company as well. All right. So because it was perfect as a for me as a student, flexible and it was good to earn money. But now it's just 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 the gym, and uh, it's okay. I'm not complaining, um, but I have to see maybe I'm uh, looking for a, for a job that's in my field. But just waiting for Corona stuff to be over, and I don't have any hesitation. Yeah, just enjoying but it's, my time now. Right, of course. Yeah, but it's something you can combine definitely with with running a relatively larger gym. Yeah, for sure. I think for sure, um, but. I have to see how, for example, if I have a job, I don't want to work full time. So three days or so, something like that would be perfect. But yeah. I know it's very hard uh, to find for uh, the stuff I studied for because it's demanding full time uh, jobs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so I have to see uh, how is that going to work out. But I think it's for sure possible. You know, just not if just don't get a job that makes you work 50 hours a week. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, I'm not going to, not going to, uh, skip my training or gonna train less or whatever okay yeah yeah cool you need to make time for that of course yeah. uh so about the gym itself what does the future look like uh five years from now ten years from now how do you see combat brothers growing and developing 
Well, so since now we didn't, well, I was, since the growth we had, I was always like in the back of my mind, okay, are we going to have a setback or, uh, you know, just always growing, growing, growing. And maybe at one point it's like, boom, the other way. Right. Well, was not the case, but just with Corona, for example, for with, but that's for all businesses. Uh, but we are still okay. You know, even though Corona, we're still good. Uh, we're still uh, working on some things for the future. I see, um, and I think that's for us. We're still a young team, and as you mentioned, we have the the competition guys, uh, the regular guys. And for me, it's uh, personally as well. I want to get into the field of uh, how we can coach those competition stuff, the fighters, the jiu-jitsu guys, onto a next level. Um, and for me, I. I teach classes, but I would not consider myself as a coach coach, you know? Yes, I coach people, but yeah. for me, there's like still so much to learn uh, on how to communicate, how to teach, what to do. And that's for me personally also very interesting. I'm trying to observe some, a lot of stuff now, you know, during this period. Um, in the three years we are started. Mm -hmm. I think for, uh, for the future, it's something really Interesting would be that you, as a Dutch team, because we, in America, you know, there's big teams, you know, they have a huge competition team, a coach that stands by them. Uh, yeah. They're like structured training, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we can do that as well in the Netherlands. It's way harder, of course, because those, most guys that do jiu-jitsu and some of MMA, they are not full-time athletes. So you cannot just say you have to come this and this day. Everybody has their own work. They have to earn, earn their money, right. et cetera. But I think there's still some, a lot of things that can be achieved there um, for MMA as well as for Jiu-Jitsu. So that's a focus point for us. And just building up the gym even more, trying to think about uh, how we can uh, build classes such that we maximize uh, the knowledge transfer from teachers to the students. So we see the group to a higher level. I think this, you know, jiu-jitsu is not just showing a technique, showing how to do a delayiva sweep. It's much more than that. Uh, I think there we have, we still have a lot to gain. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think for the future, that's definitely one of the focus points. But for the rest, it's just the same just the same while rolling and uh, nothing crazy going on. Just this, trying to put up with the, um, with the growth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how, do, how do you combine those two? Cause you already mentioned the recreational part, which is probably more the, the bread and butter of the business. That's, yeah. you know, the, the, the biggest group of students. And how do you combine that with also facilitating high level, uh, pro MMA athletes, because I can imagine the the um, uh, the uh, good vibes, good training, safety. Those three, they start to shift, or at least they they get a bit different uh, uh, different relation to each other when you have those two different types of athletes. Yeah, that's true. That's a good uh, good point and a good question. I would say uh, so. Indeed, your uh, recreational, the hobbyist, those are your, uh, those are good for business, but not just, but they're good for a gym, you know. Uh, 
we have indeed those two groups as well as jiu-jitsu grappling i think we have a quite a big group that just lot does a lot of competition uh, and you have those guys that just train one two three times a week maybe four if they are crazy yeah. uh they just there's this one they just like jiu-jitsu they just want to move but i think what makes it so strong if you can blend them together so the the, the recreational guy they think whoa i'm training with those guys which is, you know, they're training and probably helping them as well if they have a certain skill. So they're like, they have that wow effect. They're like, hey, I'm part of those guys. They fight, they win medals. They fight at one championship, but I'm training with them. How cool is that? You know, I'm, I'm even uh, giving them sparring rounds or, you know, giving them a hard time. Yeah. But on the other hand, the prof guys, they have a lot of fans in the gym. You know, so it feels it. I think it it fits together some kind of way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really good, nice to see what you see in our gym is when uh, we have a jiu-jitsu competition. Maybe four guys fight, and there are like ten supporters. So there you have the four guys from the competition group. Yeah. And all those other ten, they never did any competition. They don't want to. But they find it so cool to. They are training with those guys, so they come to support. So they are happy, other guys happy. The competitors think, whoa, I have all those support. And it's always cool to see, you know, that kind of stuff. And right. also in MMA, and, it's the same case. And can you then, uh, especially with your, your main fighters, you want to give a lot of focus on them because they need very specific training maybe or like very disciplined. Uh, so you need to cater to that. How do you kind of shield that off? more or less from the uh, from the rest of the group then in terms of what do you do with them so if you if you look at the mma guys i think if you have mma pro and uh, jiu-jitsu grappling team i think those are two different kinds of cake you know the mma pros we have i think there are like five guys um well they have their we have uh, uh for example weekly sparring which is only allowed by pros Um, and they get a little bit more extra attention. Um, but still, what I what I said before, with uh, what we can gain from coaching stuff, I think that's an area we can still uh, do a lot more, you know, to bring, to focus a bit more on that. Because I think um, those guys, they need it. And as, as, well, as well, the jiu-jitsu and grappling guys. Because it's not just about just come train, you know. Just come train every day and it will be good. Mm-hmm. That's just part of the work of course maybe the biggest part but if you guide them a little bit ask them hey how are you feeling um anything going on maybe in your personal life how do you feel with this uh what do what do you have in mind you know we just most of the time people get left alone so they have for example europeans two guys are going to compete there yeah okay it's not enough just to say okay just come train monday to sunday and maybe take a day off It's just so, I mean, need more structure and I need more guidance and they need to have a guy that can help them during the process, think about them like a sparring partner uh, verbally. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Talk about uh, some things. And I think that's an area where we can gain a lot. We don't do a lot there yet. We have some attention, you know, to those guys that do competition, like during class as well. As Besides the class, they can always come to us, ask questions, 
Uh, doesn't matter. We will always help them. We try to be there at competitions as well. Yeah. You know, but, uh, because it helps when guys fight and they see the coach there or the trainers. It gives, it does something. So try to be there as well and with the MMA guys as well. Um, but yeah, on that hand, I, I still think there's a lot to gain. Right. But, uh, what, what's the, the the first name you think about if if I ask about somebody that maybe not everybody watching this knows the name, but but you know, like hey, that's an upcoming either MMA fighter or the next uh, gold medal collecting guy in jiu-jitsu? A name from yeah. my side. Yeah, yeah. Do you have somebody in the, your team that you see like, okay, this guy is doing really well right now, and he's gonna, of course, now competitions are not open, but when things start back rolling again, then uh, he's gonna be. Uh, we have up? we have some guys um, in the grappling team. I don't I don't know if I want to call names. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe you don't want to push one more forward guys than the others. Want to call out names? Yeah, yeah, them, yeah. Uh, I don't know what their shape is now. <laughs> <laughs> Round. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably round, but no, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't want to call out names. I don't know. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Got it. We have the last part of the uh, interview. Uh, is our own version of Shark Tank. Um, so I have a few quick questions. Uh, some are just yes, no, and other ones uh, you just say whatever comes in your mind. Uh, the first thing that pops up. Okay. Uh, BJ or MMA? BJ. Gi or no gi? D. Specific sparring or drilling? Specific sparring. Favorite technique? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say he look. He look. Favorite competitor? Rani Regera. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite class to teach? Favorite class to teach? Uh, Saturday morning grappling, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Everybody's relaxed, weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I like that. Yeah. Uh, favorite gi? The Combat Brothers gi, the black one. Right. Favorite sport outside of BGJ and MMA? Grappling. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, strength and conditioning, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Losing a match is? Can happen. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu in the Netherlands? Still a lot uh, still a lot of growth potential. Nice. Best restaurant in Breda? Restaurant? Yeah. Laders. Restaurant Laders. Everybody go there? No, well, are they open? Like they can have yeah, 30, 30 people, my, 100 uh, people? It's for my uncle, so I'm uh, doing a little bit of promotion. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Good. Uh Last question, what was your favorite moment with Combat Brothers so far? Uh, my favorite moment with Combat Brothers? Oh, this is a difficult question. I have a lot of moments that I really like, but in general, to to see the group, the members we have, seeing them, uh, how they behave with each other, uh, and that makes me really happy, you know, to see the people on the mats smiling, rolling, trying to choke each other out, but then just slap bump and they're all happy. Yeah. And it's all good. That That's really, I, I enjoy every time when I go uh, to the gym. And that yeah. means for me, that's that's why I do this, you know. So 
Yeah. Not specific uh, one moment because there are a lot. Uh, but I would say that is one of the things that really, really makes me happy. <clears throat> well, I hope that inspires a lot of other people watching this and that have aspirations of starting their own academy. Not in Breda, of course, but uh, anywhere else. Well, they uh, can try. They can try. <laughs> <laughs> Always a competition keeps you sharp, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Arun, I want to thank you a lot for, for sharing your experience and, uh, and knowledge also. Uh, I think this will be helpful for a lot of people watching. And I, hope so. uh, I, I really hope that the gyms can open up soon again and, and that you guys can pick up where you left off and uh, yes, keep building on the legacy. Yeah, we will do. We will do. We have, uh, we, uh, we will work on our plans. And uh, thank you for inviting me again. I hope uh, for the viewers it will be uh, informational. If anyone has any questions, they can reach out to me. I'm happy to help, happy to share uh, whatever I can share with them. And uh, yeah, thank you again. Awesome. Yeah, you guys, uh, everybody watching, make sure you subscribe to the channel, of course. But uh, like Haroon says, if you have any questions, leave them down in the comments. And we'll make sure that they end up at Haroon and Rainier together. And uh, uh, yeah, thank you for watching. And uh, we'll see you next time, Haroon. Thank you for doing this and all the best. No problem. Thank you. All the Take best care. to you guys as well.